Now I meant to make a video earlier and um, didn't do it. And I thought about it whilst I was having fun. I thought about the message that I was meant to put out. So here it goes. JDA Lifestyles. Jean. Or also known as Jane. Had a vision. Has a vision? Has a vision. And in order to have that vision, he has to have a team. But I have a vision. And I'm also a founder of uh, Mind Over Matter project. But today I bring you, disclaimer, I'm bringing you Kerry. Kerry. Kerry is this person that has been through the mill and back um, from abuse, domestic violence, all of that stuff, all right? And Kerry's had to climb out of a pit. But climbing out of that pit, I had so many doors shut on me when I asked for help in the middle of my crisis. In the middle of my crisis, what was my crisis? My crisis at the time is people telling me that I wasn't good enough. My crisis at the time was a husband that walked out of, me, of my life in the middle of my crisis, surrounded by paperwork in the middle of my crisis. A husband that said I wasn't good enough in the middle of my crisis. You know, I was left in a bog of paperwork and legal action. I was even silenced when I was told, but I wanted to tell the story of what was happening to me. So silenced the point to they put on a media injunction on me. So I couldn't tell you what they were doing to me. That went on for a few years and in the midst through that, because my voice was silenced, I became homeless. That homeless journey was painful. But before I came homeless, I started to help the homeless. Helping the homeless, how could I help the homeless when I was in and out of court myself? You know, about eviction and them trying to take my house every five minutes. How could I be homeless? Okay, um, well, it happens because your voice isn't heard. And I realized helping people through homeless journey was incredible. It was the most incredible thing in my entire life. I used to go on the streets and film the homeless people. And I realized their pain and nobody ever seemed to listen. Nobody wanted to listen to their pain. Nobody wanted to help, but they didn't know how to help. You know what they did? Chuck money at the situation which in most problems when you've got homelessness, you chuck money at their addiction. Why chuck money at the situation? When it's somebody that needs to show them the way. I think helping the homeless saved me when I became homeless. And um, during that journey was painful. But I never gave up. I got another home, um, a shared accommodation. Hey, I've never been in a shared accommodation. There I am, a middle-aged woman. I'm in a shared accommodation. Once had a home and that was taken off me because nobody ever wanted to listen. And sometimes it's unfair and can seem as discrimination through the things that you go through. And um, tonight is about my journey, some of my journey, before I get to the main point. And 
When I became homeless the second time around was for no fault of my own. Somebody had mental health and actually the diagnosis that they had was narcissism. Schizophrenia. And understanding that diagnosis while they're beating you down and holding you hostage and all of those things in your own accommodation was quite painful really because I could have fought out the old me and fought back of all I've known. After all, I've come from what I call the ghetto. A fight for survival. A fight for survival when you've had everything taken away from you. Why I became a helper because nobody listened to me when I was a child and nobody listens to these people that become homeless that have mental health nobody wants to listen just put on the back burner completely put on the back burner here I am a mother of in my 40s but I'm also a grandmother and I've been evicted that's the first time around but here I am the second time around and I'm a grandmother and I'm a mother and I am victimised. Well, long story short, I went knocking on every single door, just like Mary and Joseph, that story that's been told to you when you was a kid. So you have this picture of the knocking on the door, hi, can you help me, can you help me? That's how it goes for a lot of people that became homeless. They become unhealthy, they become unfit, do you know what it's like being homeless and you can't even cook yourself a decent meal? So you, it starts attacking your immune system. When they, you're living in a B&B &B and they give you a microwave, everything a health service will tell you not to have in your home. I spent a year leaving from that accommodation after knocking on 170 organisations for help. I eventually was listened to, eventually after fighting for my life, after being discriminated, after injustices, even by being bypassed for a property, meaning that I was unworthy. But you know what? Through that journey, I realised how many people were in the same position. This is health. This is a health and wellbeing platform. The same aim as I have. That's to tell the truth. That is to speak out because it saves lives. That is to offer a solution and that's what I'm going to get to. During my homeless journey, I met many other people that may have had the same similar story, similar, but their travel was cut short with an accommodation. Mine was longer because of what I call discrimination. And discrimination starts to eat away at your mental health it starts to put you down it it starts to belittle you it takes everything from you it strips you from everything every inch of dignity insanity starts to set in because eventually I was believed and I was uh, put in a B&B 50 miles away from my support network and set in a surroundings of unfamiliar surroundings and no support, bearing in mind I was a victim of crime and in my derelict state. Thank you, welcome, hi.
you know, thanks for listening and, and the time because I'm just trying to build up of, of why I'm on this platform right now. I am... Um, Homeless isn't a joke for anyone, and it can happen to anyone. You're one paycheck away from it, and given COVID times, you're still definitely one paycheck away from it. And that homeless journey is horrific. It's horrendous. Sometimes you can become a victim of crime, and you're victimised again over and over again through the journey of homelessness. Nobody still wants to believe you, even if the truth is staring you smack in the face. You will have to go through a test of whether you're worthy for an accommodation. That test is prove that you're a victim of crime or prove that you are vulnerable and definitely prove that you are more vulnerable over an ordinary. What does that mean? Hold on a minute, you told me I had mental health in my life, you've been pumping tablets down me throat most of my entire life and now you want me to prove that I'm vulnerable over an ordinary vulnerable. Oh, I think my history speaks volumes. I don't think really I need to say anything when the paperwork and the mental health services prove that. Oh my God, damn it. They actually even wrote a letter to say that I was a victim of crime. Can you help her out of it? You see, knocking on those doors, nobody wants to listen to you. So, okay. I then get put, after going to an accommodation, into uh, a B&B. Now that B&B was like a prison cell. One dripping toilet, one shower, the tiles are all busted out. And a microwave in the room. A very small room, and each night the doors kept slamming. Now bear in mind when you're a victim of crime, everything bothers you. And when the door started slamming at this B&B, that's what I'm supposed to be safe, and in a homeless situation of, I've had to flee my own home, leave my furnitures because somebody has behaviour problems and hides behind the excuse of mental health. You know what you're doing when you start to hurt somebody? Of course you do. But it costs somebody their lives, it costs them their family, it even cost me my dog. So I walked away into this homeless situation with nothing. Even the fact that they took me and said they had a state of a duty of care. Okay, great. My nightmare's gonna be over, I'm gonna be getting home in no time at all, and uh, here we go. Oh gosh, no. Within three weeks, I was served a letter. You've got three days and you need to get out. Here I am, a grown woman, and they are sending me to the streets. All right? I'm going to the streets. Why? Why aren't somebody believing me? I'm telling you the truth. I'm providing you with documenting documented evidence, I'm giving you voice messages, I'm giving you everything that you need data-wise to prove that I am telling you the truth. I'm a victim of crime and I'm homeless now because of that victim being victimised. Can you imagine what it's like being plunged into darkness and called the N-word, having racial slurs played over and over again? You see, I'm not the only victim in the world that's turned survivor. Survivors don't speak out enough and they find a way out, they don't pass back the knowledge. So during this homeless ordeal, they kept saying no to me over and over again, no. They actually told me that I had to go as far as finding a lawyer to prove that I was vulnerable and that I was a victim of crime. 
I went for great lengths. I had representation. It would only carry it so far. I wouldn't understand the mental health or what I was going through or even how I began to save self-harm and make the newspaper. I made the newspaper because I wanted to tell my story, but the, t the story that I told wasn't the story I gave to the paper. That's when I began to realize that the paper tells porkies. They don't tell the truth. That's when I began to realize that the paper can do more harm than good. Well, I have time on my hands. I'm sitting in a room, I'm like a prisoner in a room. You know, I was even on curfew. Curfew, I'm a victim of crime and I have no freedom. You want me back in at 10 o'clock and you don't want me to travel to my destination where my help is. No. 10 o'clock, you're back in this accommodation or you will be locked out and on the street. So you bide by the rules and many don't and then they end up homeless again. So you bide by the rules, you don't want to break the rules, but there's nothing to eat. Where are you in a strange town? Nothing to eat. A microwave. Well, your health services told you not to use the microwave. How am I going to eat? How am I going to fend for myself? I've only ever had my kids that supported me. I used to have a husband that walked away in the middle of my storm. Here I am, facing a divorce. The kids are flying around the world because they want to experience their life. I'm a mother and I'm sitting in a B&B. Only it didn't have the B and B. It didn't have the B, which is breakfast. There was no breakfast. There I am in this room. This room was a nightmare. It became a living nightmare. And it became myself for a very long time. And yet it wasn't a prison that I was meant to be in, but yet it turned out feeling like what it feels like to be isolated and away from your family. And your family felt that they can't do anything for you because you're in this situation. Only they could have done it a lot. And in the end, I made a massive plea so my family would help. People have done everything in their power to stop me from being homed. You find out that there are things on your file that are untrue and will stop you from getting accommodation. And um, if you don't know this and how to get your information, then many people are victimized. Okay, so it's the midst of my storm. Here I am getting weakened and wicked weakened every time I'm bypassed. Got to the point where, hold on a minute, the solicitor says, you've got a duty of care to help me. A duty of care to help me. After all, it's proven that I have a protective characteristic. What is protective characteristics for you guys? What does that mean? It means that you have a, <clears throat> perhaps a diagnosis, perhaps a disability. But do people understand the disability? So whilst you're being judged and whilst you're being ridiculed over housing or over medical or over your pain or whatever, your, your journey full stop, having to prove yourself or why you should have care or treatment. Care and treatment. You're being judged. Have they got the correct information or the wrong information? Because the wrong information will cost you your life. This homeless route nearly cost me my life. They said no so many times, and each time they said no, I nearly took my life. I was that weak with 
I'm telling you the truth, but you're disbelieving me on the grounds of hocus pocus because they've written everything that actually happened to me. Hey, you're a victim of crime. You've had Frecks to kill. This has happened to you. This has happened to you. The police are involved, but we don't think you're vulnerable as a result of it. I think anybody that's a victim of really crime, really crime and crime and suffering, is a victim of crime because if it was a victim of domestic violence, there's no difference because the treatment is the same. When you have a neighbour from hell, you are ridiculed and bullied like there is no other. And you might call the police out over and over again. And sometimes in this position, it can be late for people, too late for people to get the help. God knows I know I found a lot of people to get the help. Help. Nobody's listening to me. I'm still living in the same circumstances. That went on for a while. My final plea was live on Facebook. And I was crying. And I said, I have no shame because this is my survival. It's a sad thing that somebody has to go online and say, please, if you're listening to this, help me. And I had to do just that. I pleaded to my family, to people that knew me, to people that were on my Facebook list. I said, you know partly what's happening to me. This is what's happening to me. And I can't say the name, which then taught me to not name and shame. But I need your help right now because I am feeling discriminated and it's really happening. And I had a lot of documentation to say it really was happening. In the end, I won my cases, all five of them, of injustice. That was happening against me. I had compensation. And then a woman, one woman reached out to me in the middle of my crisis. I wasn't quite prepared. Not at all. But she was in crisis. And the fact that she was in crisis, what was her crisis? She was in a home and she couldn't get out of it. And there I was wanting a home and not being able to have one. She said, can you help me? I've been watching how you help the homeless for two years. And now I'm in a situation where my mobility and my disability is affecting my mental health. I'm unable to come down the stairs and get down the stairs. Summer is coming and I still can't get down the stairs. I've also got vision and I can't. I've got problems with that too. I also have mobility aids and I can't utilize those and get down the stairs and hold them at the same time. I'm suffering, she says. Here I am in the midst of my storm. And then I say, You wouldn't believe how that connection came across. In the midst of my storm, I had a strong voice that says I needed to find an individual. Upon saying, you know what, listening to that intuition, I uh, found that individual with a funny name. I said, I've had a prompt that I should contact you. And uh, they said, it's okay, I could speak to them, but they wasn't in a good place. And when I contacted them, I realized what that good place wasn't. It became another excruciatingly painful homeless journey for them. I knew how that pain felt. I knew what the suffering was. I knew, I felt it because I'd been there and I was going through it. But coming out the other end of it, because 
I refuse to give up for my rights. So I said to this person, I am not mind taking on your case. I am not experienced or qualified. I'm a human being that knows the journey and I'm halfway out of there, but I'm almost finished. But I do know your rights because I've been doing a lot of research whilst I was homeless and learning my rights, <coughs> learning homeless rights. So she said, it's okay, I could use her as a case law, case study, case study, whatever it was going to be, uh, and help with the mental health because nobody else was listening. So I took on that case. And I never wanted them to feel how I felt when everybody kept leaving me, leaving me through my case. And I ended up defending most of my case for myself, putting things in chronological order, representing myself in the midst of a, a, a you know, getting legal rep representation, but having to represent myself, you get what I'm saying, they don't necessarily show up. They actually say, okay, we'll hear your case. So you pay them that money to hear your case, but you have to represent it. That kind of defeats the point of somebody representing you when you're vulnerable and speaking on your behalf. The only thing that saved my life is my recordings um, and my evidence, my information on the back of the from the police. Luckily for me, uh, it was witnessed what I was going through from them. So it got me thinking that when I was helping the homeless, people kept shutting the doors, the authorities kept shutting the doors because I wasn't a charity, I wasn't a company. Have you got a company number? Are you a charity? And so they kept shutting the doors and said, you know, we don't have to speak to you. And that kept making the people homeless. And I said, you will speak. And the reason why I said you will speak, and I will come back, and I will come back with a charity. And I will come back with a number that you have to take notice of. So I put myself on a business entrepreneur course to uh, form a social enterprise and I learned things that I never, ever have learned. On top of my knowledge in the homeless journey, when it came to pitching as to why you deserve or why you deserve sponsorship, paid sponsorship um, and that investment, pitching for the project that I had a dream and a vision for was to help the people in crisis and that was to um, I know I'm taking your time up but this is important for me so to, to speak why I you might see my face a lot you might be well it's her again but you know what <clears throat> through my journey my very painful journey <clears throat> and my winning cases I took that money and I invested it I invested that money into a project called Mind Over Matter, Project Suicide Prevention, to bridge that gap where people are not listening, uh, to give the legal structure as far as the advocacy of their rights, um, to help with housing, to help with uh, children, to divorce, marriage, all of it that comes mentally and emotionally with dealing with another person. 
you might encounter several problems when you're dealing with another person. But sometimes when you can be up against authorities, they don't want to listen to you or they definitely don't understand the mental health or the label or the diagnosis that you have even relating to your disability. Degenerative bone conditions. You can say the word, but do you understand the pain? Do you understand what it means? Fibromyalgia. You can say the word, but do you understand what it means? Partially sighted. Oh yeah, you can know it's to do with the sight, but do you understand exactly what they can see, what they can't see, where it's coming from, what sight, left, right and centre. Stroke. Do you understand about that? Dementia, do you understand about that? Speech impediment, do you understand about that? The list is endless when you're dealing with maybe perhaps even one individual. When one individual has a list of problems, you have to learn each and every one of those diagnoses, those disabilities, what it affects them, how it affects them, what it means for them, what's the outcome for them. So when you become a voice for people, you start to learn and become kind of like, you start to learn the experience of what it feels like for them and you, you understand more. So through this journey, after pitching and winning my pitch and being sponsored by Lloyd's Bank National Lottery and the um, School of Entrepreneurs. No, I got a title. I was sick of the labels. I mean, I was just a woman with mental health. They kept saying that I wasn't fit for anything. You know, all those years I wasn't fit. Nobody listened. Nobody understood my journey. Nobody understood my pain and to relate to people that have a journey very similar to mine is, is an honour. It's an honour to see them standing. It's an honour to see them trying to stay alive. So when you hear people that don't want to be here anymore, you understand why you think. You think about it, you're on a fitness group. Maybe because they're not satisfied with their body. Maybe they are uh, unhappy in some way or another. But you know, being unhappy with your body that can come from anywhere, even down a broken down relationship because somebody else has cheated and made you feel not good enough, so therefore you want to work on your body because somebody's made you feel that you're not good enough. So where does this JDA come into play and mind over matter? It comes into play because the aims are the same, healthy, a balanced, healthy lifestyle. And you've got to cover every angle of someone's life in order to give them a package of health and well-being. Somewhere to go, an avenue, something to do, somewhere to go, something creative, something for themselves, to build on themselves. Do I take the advice of what I give out? Absolutely. When it comes to my health, do I take the advice? Now, this is where it comes to the explanation on the mental health and the mindset. And this is what I say to people that are in fitness, that some people that have been so traumatized and have a problem with their body, get to the point where perhaps they want to go to the gym. Perhaps they want to do something, but they lack motivation. And they also have anxiety 
about such issues of joining other people in classes, for instance. Oh God knows that happened to me enough times, you know. So, learning mental health, teaching people about behavior problems, how to stay out of trouble, what to do, how to uh, help with the mental health, how to overcome, what you can do to replace distraction techniques, trigger, understanding the triggers, the traumas. Life is so precious, but it's not put into one box. And that's why you have to have unity. People that have lived it, understand it, and are willing to carry forward the aims. As I said to you tonight, I'm supposed to be on Chumps and Giggles, if you look, of giving up my, uh, I'm giving up my, um, some of my chumps and giggles to give my time to the JD group and also Mind Over Matter. <coughs> Mental Health Awareness, full stop. <coughs> <coughs> it's important to me to find a like-minded network and people that are going to help. And it's important for me to be able to trust people because God knows I have absolutely hardly any trust for anyone but when you see people that are rising up encouraging other people helping you talking listening prepare to educate doing in a can-do attitude and you hear the aims the aims you can only wish to be have a partnership in that in that way of team is everything it's hard pushing out mental health and dealing with ignorant people i'm sorry that's how i feel and i use the word ignorant people because when we say share nobody wants to share why because saving life is unimportant to them nowadays but texting is very important to them but saving life is unimportant to some people. They think it would never happen to them. They think that they would never be homeless, they would never be hit, they would they would never be abused, it would never happen to them. Oh, really? Do you know, life sucks for some people and you look at people and you see them and you judge them, but you don't know their journey. And no doubt I'd be judged today. Look at her. I don't give it two rats ass for judgment, you know why? I've had judgment my entire life, it didn't get, me, didn't get me anywhere worrying about other people. In that mannerism where it's negative, but it gives me everywhere, worrying about people in a positive light where I can know I can do some good. JD can do some good, he has. He's done some wonderful things and his team has done some amazing, incredible things. My team, however, do you know the toughest thing is sometimes I will select people with mental health to give them an opportunity of belonging and to integrate back into the community because I know what it feels like to be excluded. So to give somebody a, a role or something to do, something they can create for themselves, by the way, create their vision, their idea. It gives me great pleasure when I see somebody get up, turn their life around, perhaps stop drinking, perhaps stop the drugs, 
perhaps hold down an accommodation, perhaps even give themselves time to heal. It's so beautiful to look at people's lives and see the transformation. That's it, the transformation. Even in my own life, what is the transformation? Do people like change in, even in my own life? Where are all the people I once knew? Where are the people that pretend to say hi, but really won't even share? All the people that you have on your Facebook, they know what you're doing, they know you're out there to save life, they say, you say share awareness, and they say, hmm, they just put a like. And the effort it takes them to put a like, they might have left that button, pressed the other button, and shared. And I have to say to myself, why does that happen? Why does that happen when you hear the word share? It's about saving lives and directing people back to where they can actually get the help. Where they can get the support. You're all used to the old ways, that's the problem. There's a lot of people used to the old ways and the old services that you know. Hey, I've got a problem with mental health, I know, I'll go there. Hey, I've got a problem with this, oh I know, I'll go sit in this advice. They've been around for years and they've helped a lot of people, absolutely. But sometimes culturally wise, some people don't know, they don't understand. And they don't understand that word discrimination or what they do understand is the word privilege. And sometimes I think we have to come together, regardless, Carol Creed, because mental health has no, doesn't discriminate at all. Every second, every 40 seconds someone dies of suicide, you know. And you think, ah, you've got to be nutty to do that. No, you do not. No, you don't. It just sometimes has to be all too much for somebody. And when it's all too much for somebody, somebody in the background says, if only I could have helped. You could have done with a simple share button. But the selfishness comes in with people. Why? Because they don't like me? Because it's what I'm delivering? Because I'm different? I'm unique? I don't know. I could think that way, but you know what the mission is about? Staying on track for my way and not worrying about what anybody else thinks. But we hope that somebody would listen and say, share the awareness. Joining JDA Fitness as a hub, as coming into partnership as a hub, I carry in the backstage is a person with men mental health label uh, and struggle with emotions some, sometimes. Um, but more or less, I am a positive person that tries to do well and tries to please others. Um, Pleasing, putting somebody a smile on somebody else's face makes a big difference to myself. Um, I like to see people happy. I don't like to see people suffer. And I don't like to see people struggle. So, coming up with this collaboration into well-being, we're covering all angles as much as we can with anything there's a problem with. We'll make sure we get the experts to make sure that somebody can help in that department. I want to say that sometimes, you know, when you get people like JD and myself, we are, we will stick at it until we get those results and we'll do everything possible to get the results for people as long as they put in the effort to show up for those results also. And so 
the effort has to come from within and the willingness to change and the willingness to set support and the willing to even set change within your within the platforms that you're in now change you're sort of accustomed to something we're trying to say to you hold on a minute we're going to bring you a health hub and it's going to cover everything if you want therapy we're going to give you that therapy if you want that therapy we can tell you where to go and we will provide that therapy for you you want a fitness trainer or a personal trainer? We can do that. You want finance? We can do that. We can do that because we collaborated as a team. We said we know what the community need. But the problem is sometimes the community is too... Not used to change, but the change is happening before your eyes. It's happening. And it's, and it's, and it's beautiful. To be able to say that when someone says to me, Kerry, I, I'm not feeling very well. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. Do you know what it feels like for me to receive a message like that? Are they gonna, am I going to be the last person that actually hears that message? Do you know what I have to do, the lengths I have to go through for hearing that message? And you think it won't happen to your loved ones? It won't. Well, I'm going to say to you, don't take life for granted. Don't take people for granted. You've got to learn how to educate. You've got to learn how to accept to hear someone's journey. You don't necessarily have to fix them, but you definitely have to learn to listen. Fixing comes from within, and I had to change my circumstances, and I did, because I never gave up, even though I wanted to give up. Something wouldn't allow me to give up, and I'm glad I didn't, because now I own the Mum Project. I founded the Mom Project, suicide prevention, mental health support, mental health awareness, real talk, because it was based on reality and real life incidents. How do you stop being on probation? How do you stop with the community service? How do you stop being in trouble with the police? How do you avoid domestic violence? How do you notice and identify the red flags? How do you put your children first when you're struggling? How do you save your home? Life skills. Even to the point when it comes to sexuality. Life skills. If we don't tell you the things, you wouldn't believe them. But we're not here to tell you. We're here to tell you that we have solutions through the traumas that we have been through. PTSD, is it a joke? Do you understand it? No, you don't. Some of you don't. You hear a label and you think you know it all. But the pain that comes with that, flashbacks, the traumas, the upset, the fight to get back up. Educating around mental health is no joke. Do you educate? We can educate you around... A simple word called migraine, but if we add another word to it, oh, that's coming, that's coming in alive soon. You add another word to it, then uh, it becomes another uh, a, a, a diagnosis of, of something, you know, something so serious where people can fit. So, what do you know about people's health, their problems, how to save them? How to prevent, what do you know about your own? How to prevent diabetes, how to try and prevent cancer, what do you know about prostate cancer, what do you know about cancer, all of those things. Lived it, trauma. We hear the word COVID all the time, what we're doing about COVID, people are unnervy with that. Please, or offense, people have their own choices. 
what they do with their life. <clears throat> I always say that everything is down to education and awareness and we're bringing you that and we're not being selfish by holding that back and having Zooms behind the door and saying, okay, we can only reach 100 people at a time with Zoom. No, we're not. <coughs> we're coming to you honestly and openly about things and we're showing you the way forward. Teamwork, asking people come and go, come and go and not understand the meaning of teamwork. Keeping someone's dream alive but making sure it's equality and there is diversity. I came on here to support JD Lifestyles like he supports Mind Over Matter Project, Suicide Prevention. That man is an amazing man. His wife is an amazing woman. His mentors are incredible people with a journey like perhaps you've never lived. But they mentored up, they teamed up because they want to say, I want to save life. I want to prevent fatalities. I want to show the way. You might not know their journeys, but they're willing to tell you their journeys and why they are helping other people. And they're ordinary people with a good, kind, big heart. And some people will stay on the platform and not show their appreciation and just utilize the platform when it's supposed to be team and encouragement. Anyone that goes on another platform or on, on Facebook platforms, ask yourself this, how many times do you speak to the moderators? How many times do, you, do the moderators invite you, even if you're there posting most of the time in their group? How many times do you actually have a chat with them or get involved with them or see how you can grow it or see what you can do or, you know, not very often. I'm on a few groups and I don't speak to it. There's only two moderators I actually speak in groups, actually, if I have to say. One will be JD Lifestyle. I speak to him as a moderator and his moderating team. And the other one would probably be Jay Ricky. Because he's visible. Because these people are visible. Because they pay attention. Because they raise awareness. Because they're trying to save life. They're trying to you know, prevent fatality, they're trying to give you education, they're asking you, how you're giving you, providing you even finance, you know, so you can understand, sorry, how to save money, giving you solutions at your fingertips. So why do many still people still, still, still continue to be where they are and don't understand the words, share please? And that's why finding a team and building a team and knowing someone's worth. Are they? Are they? Are they a team player? Are they a team player? Will they just look at you and then put a like and not bloody shit? Yeah, most of the time people do that. You can see that. If people, if it was like, if I sat here and give you a story and brought my pet into it and talked about my pet, you'd be all over my pet. But when it comes to human's life, human life, less interested if there was really a crisis or some drama going on right now where i'm effing and blinded people would be interested but when i talk subtle 
I'm sure they're interested. I'm great. Some people are ashamed to speak to me. Some people don't want to speak to me. That's fine. You don't have to. I just need to know that when you are sharing the same space as individuals that your team players into raising awareness, providing information, helping along the way, don't keep the knowledge to yourself. Free up the information. Help somebody else. And that's what we're about helping one another up. So I am so grateful to have been a part of JDA Fitness Lifestyles or Lifestyles Fitness JDA J and his team and the platform. You're incredible people. You're amazing. Every one of you that post, you're incredible and amazing. Everyone that encourages somebody else with their post and says well done you're incredible now that's fitness i see how many people post on fitness and how many people encourage but when it comes to suicide prevention isn't that crazy isn't it nobody wants to say a word only very few very few the differences and i have to not be discouraged about that because I know people in the background actually do listen and it makes a difference. And when I actually hear that in the background, it makes me happy to know that for one second, one split second, somebody listened and it reached them and it touched them. Life is not a bed of roses, you know. Behind every human being, we're going through something, some struggle. But we don't stop trying to help somebody else. You remember that when you're sharing space. How are you helping the community? What are you doing to encourage somebody else? Do you want to be a part of where we're going, what we're doing with this incredible health hub. Mom's the word. Incredible. Health and well-being. Team. Are you a team player? Did you know that one in four people suffer from mental ill health? But did you know that Every 40 seconds, someone dies of suicide. My remit is to spread awareness and teach people to learn to talk openly without shame, without fear, without discrimination. To remove the stigma and the barriers that lay between man and mankind. To unlearn the learned behavior that many have taught us throughout the years. To stop conforming to someone else's mind and to own your own mind. Now that's mind over matter.